I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Sanat Rao, Chief Business Officer and Global Head at Infosys Finical. We're going to be looking into the opportunities and challenges that we need to address as a cashless society comes. Is a cashless society coming? Perhaps that should be the question, but it certainly seems to be moving that way. Where do we stand right now? Thanks, Robin, for having me on this podcast and for this very interesting topic, because I think this has been discussed and debated quite a bit in the last 15 months during COVID. My personal view is that there's a bit of a misnomer here. I'm not sure we are talking or whether we are indeed ready for a cashless society. But if the question is, are we moving into a scenario where it's going to be predominantly digital? That's absolutely correct. But are we ready for cashless? Probably not. Do we want a completely cashless society? I think that, again, is questionable, and I'm sure we'll discuss some of the factors uh, in today's conversation. But I think the move towards an environment where it's a very significantly large digital presence and very limited cash, that certainly is uh, very much on the table. It's of a piece with how we make all our payments up to a certain point. I was talking to somebody the other day who suggested that you don't want a frictionless payment society, you want a friction right payment society. So for small transactions, you want it as simple and easy and quick as possible. But for larger transactions, you actually do want there to be some friction in the payment process so that people make sure they get it right rather than do something thoughtlessly and make a mistake. You say that we're not going to go completely cashless. Why would that be the case? Because surely what we've seen over the course of the last 12 or more months is a huge increase in cashlessness. That's absolutely true. And I think some economies are probably more ready for it than others. Sweden, for example, is very close to becoming completely cashless. And I think they've set themselves a target of 2023, if I remember correctly, where they're going to be a completely cashless society. In fact, in most geographies in the world, while COVID has been an amazing catalyst in terms of moving towards completely digital, in an economy like Sweden, something like 75 or 80% of transactions were non-cash even before COVID, right? So clearly, they didn't need a COVID kind of a situation to move towards becoming cashless. Now, the reason I'm saying that we're probably not yet completely ready to become fully cashless is that far too often, I think, people tend to look at it from only from a technology point of view. And certainly, the technology is there today to enable practically everything to be done without the need for physical cash. But I think there are other dimensions and other factors that come into play. In many economies, there are significant sections of society today who either not, I mean, they either don't have access to the infrastructure to enable them to be completely digital, or indeed they're not digitally native in the sense that, you know, they they probably are not yet ready for an environment where there's no cash at all. So I think that's that's one factor. The second is that, I mean, we do have to remember that whether it's cash or non-cash, the financial settlement is one leg of a transaction. It's not the only leg. It's one leg of a transaction. And therefore, I think we are looking at possibly the need for the system as a whole to become digital. And I'll give you, I'll give you a very typical banking example, Robin. There are many countries today where while digital payments are increasing, even something as simple as opening your account at a bank, right? Uh, the need, the local regulation and need is still for physical documentation. 
moving completely cashless becomes a lot easier if other elements in the environment are also digital. So if you have an opportunity to fulfill that transaction without the need for physical documents, without the need to actually go and meet a banker face-to-face, for example, then obviously the move towards becoming completely digital and therefore cashless becomes easier. So I'm saying that there are still elements and there are still friction points in the environment and in the society which are not yet probably fully ready. Some of it may be driven by the common person in the street. Some of it is certainly driven by local regulation and therefore the trust in completion. So I think there are other elements that need to be addressed as well before we can say that we're completely ready to be totally cashless. Well, you're quite right in the sense that there are people who are not digitally native. I'm thinking of my mother-in-law, no names, no pack drill, but also you need a given level of technology as a consumer, whether as a business consumer, you're certainly going to have it. But as a, a retail consumer, you need a smartphone or you need an internet connection or you need a smart card. You can't get away without these things if you're going to go cashless. That's right. Just to go back to the previous point I made, and we took the banking uh, example of account opening, even in the more technologically progressive uh, economies in the West, for example, Not every financial institution today is fully ready for digital verification and digital onboarding of a customer, right? So there are still needs for manual intervention. May not not necessarily be face-to-face, but I'm talking about a need for manual intervention that's very much required today. And it's not limitation of technology alone. Sometimes it may be the limitation of technology in a particular institution, but certainly In the environment, the technology is there to facilitate this. It's a combination of factors. It's the readiness of the organization. Sometimes it's the associated regulation. There's certainly an element of education of customers, like it's happened, I think, in the last 12, 15 months, where while circumstances forced all of us to operate in a manner that we had never envisaged in the past, I think a lot of the institutions have actually spent time educating their customers and giving them that confidence and trust that security was not being compromised. So I think there are lots of other factors that need to be addressed. But certainly COVID and other factors have helped push in the right direction. Well, you've just brought up something I was going to raise myself, and that's the issue of security. Because the one thing I want from a bank above everything else is for my money to be there when I want it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think given that all of us have, you know, other than the millennials and the youngest generation today, everyone else initially was brought up in a cash society. So we've all been used to, you know, using cash from our younger days. And therefore, I think that level of trust that we have in cash, that can't be diluted. I think there's a certain degree of trust in cash. So there is a need to sort of, uh, you know, address that as well. But certainly there are other factors, as we rightly just said, where the push towards becoming more digital and the push towards becoming more comfortable, if you like, with the fact that the infrastructure is there today to ensure that security is not compromised and that transactions are going to be safe. And we've seen that, you know, even with with transactions being done electronically, with electronic commerce, you know, coming up. And certainly when you move to parts of Asia Pacific and you look at the huge volumes in, in countries like China and India, I mean, when you look at the mind-boggling figures that come out of what Alipay is doing in China or WePay is doing, um, you know, on the back of WeChat or what uh, Paytm is doing in India, I mean, it's not just the technology that's facilitated that, but I think these institutions have actually spent a lot of time, along with other players in the economy, to educate 
people and to ensure that the right infrastructure is there to uh, you know to support the kind of security and uh, trust that people expect out of that kind of a digital infrastructure there is an inevitability that cash usage i guess will shrink but you don't see it going away anytime soon generally not i mean i think in certain economies it might happen and therefore it's probably difficult to with a broad sweep of the brush say that it'll disappear completely and we just talked about sweden where i read that sweden has publicly stated mandate where they've given themselves a target of becoming completely cashless by 2023 so you know certainly there may be some economies who'll find it easier to do that here in the uk for example i know there are different studies that put different figures on the table bright red somewhere that it's significant number upwards of 30 to 40% who still don't want to be completely cashless that figure may indeed change a bit because people have got used to a different way of working in the last 12 months but i'm not sure that we can say that everyone is completely cashless uh, everyone is really ready to be completely cashless i mean even even the us for example right given the size of that economy to think that till very recently they're still dependent on checks right i mean uh, there are a lot of other changes that need to happen in the infrastructure and in the system before we can say that we're ready to be completely cashless so i don't believe that economies as a whole will move towards becoming cashless though indeed like i said at the outset there will be a accelerated move towards becoming more digital and very minimal cash but i think the examples like sweden are going to be few and far between certainly in the next 2 to 3 years well i want to round up with your thoughts on this part of the issue if we do move towards a cashless society or a more cashless society what needs to be done by the regulators by the institutions the banks to make sure nobody gets left behind what where are the gaps there what do we need to do to to bring everybody with us i guess we've touched on a few of them already in the discussion so i think from a regulator point of view ensuring that appropriate regulation and ensuring that there's a degree of trust in the system that certainly is required and you know there are different dimensions to regulation obviously depending on the economies and depending on the uh, status there so i think there's certainly regulation and trust and a very active dialogue with the regulator to say that if you're going to move towards a predominantly cashless society and i use the word predominantly very deliberately here if you were to move to a predominantly cashless society then is regulation sufficient and appropriate to support that now mind you regulation should also be seen in the context of the fact that it's not just towards helping facilitate trust and confidence but if you look at the huge amount of disruption that's happened in the last 5 years certainly in the payment space and a lot of it has been through the paytex and the fintex you know the stripes and the paypals of the world or a, host, or a whole host of small fintechs who've come in and had a role to play in some aspect of uh, payments right now for that to facilitate and for that to continue you need to have regulation you can't have regulation binding down um, um, innovation so i think regulation certainly is a there's a role there i think from a banking and a financial services um, context all of these players uh, because they're going to be part of the chain of transactions where the settlement eventually will get done through them that the, the technology infrastructure you know whether it's the digital onboarding whether it's the authentication the integration with third party players take a recent example again the buy now pay later phenomenon driven by the likes of klarna why is that being adopted so rapidly it's being adopted rapidly because while on the one hand people have been pushed towards e-commerce and doing everything electronically something like buy now pay later 
you know, lends itself very easily to a, a digital transaction. It seems a little incongruent that you have a buy now, pay later for a cash transaction. So I think as those kinds of initiatives and um, offerings come into the space, it enables banks and it enables other players to facilitate a completely digital environment and cashless environment. So that's the role, I think, of banks and financial services players. I think there's certainly a, a level of education and move towards financial literacy, if you like. And this is probably more relevant to certain segments of the society and not to everyone. There's certainly some parts of the society who are very, very comfortable. But equally, there are certainly sections of society who are not yet you know, fully either conversant with this or indeed not fully comfortable with this. So I think there is a certain degree of education and financial literacy that's uh, required there. So we talked about the regulator and government. We talked about the financial services players. And when I say financial services players, I don't mean just banks, but I mean the Alipays and the WeChats and everyone else who facilitates the completion of a transaction. And finally, of course, the you know the the, the need to educate uh, people. So I think broadly there is a need for a dialogue, the need for all parties to play their own role. But I have no doubt that going to COVID, the move towards becoming largely cashless is very much on the table. Whether we'll go completely cashless in the foreseeable future, to my mind, that's still there's still certain questions to be asked of that in many economies. And Sweden, the likes of Sweden are probably an exception. Anad Rao, Chief Business Officer and Global Head of Infosys Finical, thank you very much. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for having me today.